Good morning, Legacy City. Okay, I'm running on not a lot of sleep, so if you have any extra caffeine, soda is what I drink. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm really not kidding. I'll take more. But anyway, no coffee for me. Anyway, good morning, you guys. It's good to have us all here together, family. Marilyn's waving. Hey, ho. Good word last week, Miss Marilyn. All right, we have some new faces. Glad to see. We won't embarrass you. Sorry. No embarrassment. Anyway, we're going to, I'm just going to cut to the chase. We're going to stand together. We're going to pray and we're going to get to worshiping because that's what we're here for. That's my favorite part. It's my favorite. All right, cool. Lord Jesus, we just invite you here this morning, Lord. We're here for you. You're the reason we drag our butts out of our bed, lazy, tired bottoms sometimes or zealous for you, Bottoms. Either way, we're all here, Jesus, pouring our hearts out to you. We ask that you come and inhabit our praises today, Lord, that you would come and do a new thing here, Lord, that we would leave changed, that today would not be just coming and singing pretty songs, God, that we would come and we would encounter your heart, Lord, that we would come closer to you, Lord, that we would hear your voice, Lord, that you would draw close as we draw close to you, Lord Jesus. We invite you to come, God, and have your way in this meeting, God. We open up the doors of our hearts, God. We say, come in, have your way. Every nook and cranny, God, we ask you to flood our our hearts, flood this place. Let it be changed even when we leave, God, that your spirit would hover here for the Boys and Girls Club that come here every day, God. We pray that your Holy Spirit lingers here and that lives would be changed and they wouldn't even know why, but it's because the Holy Spirit is here. God, we pray that you would... We know that you reside in our bodies as temples, God, but we pray that you would just leave a little left over here, God, to change this community. Start here, start in this body, God, to start in this building, Lord Jesus, and we welcome you today, God. We're going to worship you with our whole hearts, Jesus, in your name. You're so worthy. We love you. All right, let's do it. Hallelujah. Good morning, Legacy City Church, and welcome visitors. Oh, Lord, beautiful worship today, and your presence here is so, so sweet and so powerful. And Lord, you do love us, and and you are good, Lord. And I just declare your goodness over us today for our families that aren't here, Lord God, and that they would recognize their need for a savior for those that don't love you and that the prodigals will come home. And Lord, I declare that you are the captain of their heart, Lord God, that you know the beginning from the end that we don't always see. So Lord, we just lift you up here today. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to share something really quickly, if I can, from my visit in California. Sorry, I'm a little congested today, allergies, but I went down there, as a lot of you know, for a wedding, and uh, the bride had a dream um, as we are sitting and getting her ready. And the Lord's really been working on the last couple of years about uh, seeing his kingdom, like, you know, being above everything and how the eagles soar and they get the bird's eye view. And we only get the bits and pieces and the things that we encounter down here, and sometimes they're, they're pretty profound, and we can get awash in that. 
But he has a bigger picture because he knows the beginning. He sees the end. Anyway, the bride had had a dream about her mom, and um, it shook her up a little bit. She said it was really vibrant, it was really real, and, and she dreamed that her mom had died. And immediately, I just felt like, boom, right between the eyes. I just, I kind of reeled back, because the Lord immediately gave me a download. Um, she's been through a lot in her life. She's been married a couple times to some men that had let her down, and it wasn't a Christian marriage. And she's married now to a man who's Christian, and they're, you know, they're building their life together, and, and both families on both sides have had a lot of hurt and um, need a lot of healing. But anyway, the Lord said, no, you declare this is not a physical death. This is the death of your mom's anxiety and worry and everything over that, that she's had in her heart and in her mind and has been living through with you. It's the death of all of that. And now she can declare into your life that you're connected with a Christian man and that you are a treasure deposited and an anchor deposited in this family because his daughter um, had said, I have a mom now because her mom really wasn't very emotionally available to her. And so the Lord was showing me that he's knit this family together and deposited her as a treasure, that as she walks out her walk, that his children will see that and, and come to him, be, be attracted to him. So I wanted to share that because um, as I'm looking, and, and when Teresa was here and she was talking about um, an encounter she'd had that somebody had let her down, and for me, because of what I went through with my grandson, uh, when when my son had to walk away from him when he was two years old and, and tried to get uh, him into foster care, the caseworker was not on my son's side. And uh, so my son had an offense from that. But the God, God is so good. Because when finally came around and this boy's 13 and they're looking for a placement for him and contacted my son and my son stepped up and we finally got him, guess who the caseworker was? The same one from before, and it was just before her retirement. So the Lord provided that timing and also that reconciliation because he brings restoration, reconciliation, and he redeems. So as Teresa was talking about a situation that she'd walked through with um, an individual and, and there was hurt and feeling like betrayal, the first thing in my mind I was thinking uh, where's the redemption in the story for this other individual and for her? And so I immediately was thinking about that individual and, uh, and praying into that, that he would come to know what had happened through this whole thing. Because the Lord's beginning to show me, um, having me think and pray kingdom-wise. So, so we always have that door. We can walk through that door that looks like it's leading to death, and it is because it's, we put to death and we can go to the grave every day, those things that um, are troubling us or holding us back. So we can choose to be transformed, transform our mind and put those things to death. Or we can walk through that door of what we see in the natural versus what we see in the supernatural. So just wanted to share that. And, and one other thing I was telling um, Amy about it this morning, after the wedding and after the preparation and everything, we're going home. We're taking another couple to drop them off at the Airbnb. And it's like 9 o'clock at night, the car breaks down. Meanwhile, her daughter and son-in-law had already gone to their hotel for the night. And we're sitting there. Well, we wind up calling a tow truck. And this gentleman 
didn't need to take this call because he was off at 9.30. So he shows up. He's visibly Middle Eastern, has an accent, speaks in broken English. And we were parched and we were out of water and we're sitting where we can't get any water. The first thing he does is he walks over and said, you ladies want water? And he pulls water out of a cooler that he had, this little bottle of waters, and we're drinking. And anyway, he got us up in his cab. I'm sitting next to him and my friend's sitting by the door. Before he starts the engine, I thought I saw him do this. And he said, thank you, Jesus, under his breath. Well, I wasn't sure. And, you know, a split second, I'm contemplating that. Because I'm thinking Middle Eastern, he's probably Muslim. Next thing you know, he does it again. He says, thank you, Jesus. And I looked at him, I said, are you Christian? And he said, yes. And so I'm, you know, kind of thinking about that and... And I'm trying to speak to him, and he speaks broken English. And um, I said, shokran, for the water. And he goes, shokran, you know shokran? I said, well, I know that's the only word I know in Arabic, and it means thank you. <laughs> so he kind of laughed. But the Lord provided this divine moment, I believe, because the following day, which would have been a Monday, he was going for his citizenship, and he was all excited about it. But he said... It's really hard being in this country. I love this country. There's so many opportunities, not like my country. But a lot of people don't like me. And he was telling us some of the encounters he had. And so the Lord just said, tell him he's a good man. Bless him. Speak to him as much as you can. So I connected with him on his language, because I love languages. And he said, my mom speaks... Arabic and Chaldean, and my daughter speak, my wife speaks Arabic and Chaldean. First I knew, what's Chaldean? And so he's trying to explain to me, I'm from northern Iraq. There's a lot of Chaldeans in northern Iraq. They're Christian, and they're persecuted in their country, which I didn't know. It gives me a prayer point, right? And so I went home and I looked at it, and Chaldean actually comes out of the Aramaic language, which is what Jesus spoke. So this divine moment to meet with this man, not only to bless him, to give him some love in this country from another believer, other believers, but also to educate me that there's a need for prayer for the northern Iraqi Christians. So it was an awesome encounter. Make sure we invite anyone up who has a prophetic word or a word of encouragement. Come on up. That's okay, Naira. He dropped the ball, but it bounced right back. So. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to get up here, but as Naira was talking, I was thinking of a story that I, I just read. Was it yesterday, Noel, or the day before, about Iran? Iran is having a revival and, oh, it just gives me the chills. Right now, there are more Christian churches, underground Christian churches in Iran. And um, they're largely run by women. Isn't that powerful? And what is that? Um, Oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, one of them said, if you go into a mosque in Iran, there's hardly anybody there. 
So here, our assumption or presumption about Iran or its people, right now what God is doing, and I thought, oh my gosh, we are so close. We're in the end times with this. I mean, I was greatly encouraged. So that's a good prayer point. In fact, we're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we lift up Iran to you, Father God. Let the spirit of your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, come and blanket over those churches, Lord. Conceal them, Lord, from the enemy. And we just declare no weapon formed against them will prosper in Jesus' name. Let your name be glorified. Amen. This is just a little more local. So um, years ago when we were having our, we didn't even know if we were going to be staying married. So we ended up, uh, you know, we ended up giving up uh, our daughter for adoption. And so here it is 30 something years later and she got in touch with us. So, you know, it was just like, wow, thanks, Lord. Thanks for your faithfulness. And so I just needed to share also my, uh, my son, when he was, uh, you know, younger and out of control and, you know, living the drinking life, um, he and a gal got together and they ended up having a baby and just was a very unhealthy situation. So they ended up giving up their uh, child for adoption. And so God is so good, so faithful. Um, My son uh, was able to connect with the family who adopted his son. And, you know, just what I've just what I've seen just through my own experience is that um, when we're going through something that feels devastating and crushing and it feels like it's just going to break us apart, um, in that God's grace is in there carrying all of our broken pieces, holding us together, and um, and walking us into health and wholeness, and so. Um, what has actually happened is it's caused our family to expand. You know, we've met this great family who has taken care of our grandson, and they have opened our hearts to us and, and us to them. And, and in it, it's just all about God's faithfulness, God's goodness. So when it feels like it's all flying apart and falling apart and the enemy's yelling at you and lying at you and pointing his finger at you and calling you a failure, just, just know that Father God, he's got all the pieces and he's holding you together. And yeah, that's it. Come on up. Okay. So I wasn't going to share anything. I was just going to be, like, internal about it. Um, But then she started sharing, and I was like, wow, that was almost the same point. So um, you remember the song that was like, you're worth the time, you're worth the wait. So there seems to be whenever there's a big struggle or whenever there's something that just needs to be broken through, like a breakthrough needs to happen. In my life, anyway, there seems to be this dissonance 
between where I'm at and where I could be, right? And, but that song, You're Worth the Time, You're Worth the Wait, reminds me that it's not my sense of urgency or my digging a deeper hole or my um, efforts on my own. It's actually in the presence of God that we get revelation and strength and wisdom to proceed. And I found that encouraging. And then in light of what you shared, I was like, oh, hey, that falls in line with what she just shared. So take, take heart, take encouragement. You may not be where you hope to be, but in the presence of God, those things can happen. And I just want to say that, you know, we all go through this stuff, but what does the Lord say? There's therefore now, now, now that's right now, no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we mess up, we make our own wrong choices, you know, it's like, Lord, I'm sorry for flipping that guy off. I'm sorry for, you know, calling him a moron for cutting me off, you know, and, and what does the Lord say about that? The Lord says, well, okay, I'll have to take your word for it because I don't see that. Yeah. It says he separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. And he said that for a reason because if you're heading west, there is no way you'll ever be heading east. If you're heading north, eventually you'll start heading south. But the east and west are so far apart that there's no memory of it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. The Lord is good. Don't let the enemy chirp stuff in your ear. Don't let him settle. You know, I know we've all been to a picnic where we put the food out, the flies come zooming in. Well, take that zappy racket, the one that zaps the bugs, and start hitting that stuff. Lord, I am not condemned. You see me through the blood of Christ. Boom! That fly is zapped, dead, gone. You know, the Lord has redeemed us. He's done the work. He's done the heavy lifting. All we have to do is just accept it. Lord, I'm sorry for this. And he says, I don't remember it. I'm going to have to take your word for it. He says, Lord, I'll never do that again. And he's like, what are you talking about? I, I don't remember anything. So remember that. The Lord is good. He has paid for everything. And who are we in Christ? We are righteousness and kings and priests all right so today is david's 61st birthday he's not a lady so i can say his age i know how you women are about people saying how old you are how young you are i would like to get uh the guys first and David, if you just stand right in the, the hot spot, right in the middle of the open heaven right here, come on up some of the guys. And some of you, you powerful spiritual mothers in the faith, just come up, and we're just going to bless David. And Sharon, you need to get right next to your man. Stand by your man. Stand by your man. You guys come around on this side, too, if you want. If there's more room over here, let me just uh, pull this cord out of the way. So, David, we want to bless you, and I'm going to pray something out over you and, and release a couple words, but also just if anyone else has something, raise your hand, and I will put the microphone in your hand, okay? If you don't, then we'll just...
put an amen on it. But yeah, we just, we thank God for you, David and Sharon, but we thank you that today is your birthday. And I just had uh, Psalm 61 came to mind, of course, because it's your 61st birthday. I'm just going to read this scripture over you. Oh God, hear my prayer. Listen to my heart's cry. For no matter where I am, even when I'm far from home riding my motorcycle, I will cry out to you for a father's help. I will cry out to you for a father's help. When I'm feeble and overwhelmed by life, guide me into your glory where I am safe and sheltered. Lord, you are a paradise of protection to me. You lift me high above the fray. None of my foes can touch me when I'm held firmly in your wraparound presence. You are held firmly in his wraparound presence. Keep me in this glory. Let me live continually under the, under the splendor shadow, hiding my life in you forever. Pause in his presence. You have heard my sweet resolutions to love and serve you, for I am your beloved, and you have given me an inheritance of rich treasures, which you give to all your lovers. You treat me like a king, giving me a full and abundant life. Years, and we declare this over you today, years and years of reigning, like many generations rolled into one. I'm going to repeat that. Years and years of reigning, like many generations, rolled into one. I will live enthroned with you forever. Guard me, God, with your unending, unfailing love. Let me live my days walking in grace and truth before you. All my praises will fill the heavens forever, fulfilling my vow to make every day a love gift to you. And then today, Psalm 23, 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And I just declare with this church over you today that we, we declare over you, David Smith, that you are a man of God, filled with the word, Holy Spirit empowered, truth speaker, kingdom declarer, atmosphere shifter, delightful son, beloved of the Father, Filled with joy and wonder. And if anyone else. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When Scott was talking about the motorcycle. I was just seeing you. Going forward. But not looking in that rearview mirror from all the stuff that had happened before, but looking to the future and everything the Lord has for you and running at it full tilt. Just saying, bring it, Lord. I'm here for you. I'm on this journey, and I'm going down the road. Amen. Any, young men? Any of you young men have anything? With the greeting that David gives us every day, I say, mighty man of God, you are. And that you're firmly rooted in the word of God. And you find that um, as a gardener, 
I speak that the most healthy plants are those that are rooted down deep, way down deep. And I feel that you're rooted and God's got you growing strong. And when you have a tree that's strong and tall, it provides shade for those that are, are coming after you. And David, I believe that you're providing an, a good, a godly example for the younger generation to follow you, to know what it is to be a mighty warrior, a mighty man of God. I just felt a real tenderness from the heart of God for you. I feel there's just consistency and reliability, faithfulness that you just kind of ooze and it seems very natural. I just feel like God sees that and he's pleased with you. That's not something I normally get, but I see that really strongly with you, that consistency and the faithfulness. God is smiling on that. You're, he's a proud papa over you. Okay, so before you remove your hands from him and everybody else in the room, extend your hands. Just turn on the Holy Spirit sprinklers right now. We just release the kingdom of heaven. We release the Holy Spirit right now. We just say, fill him up, Lord. Fill him up with that, that fire. Fresh, fresh fire, I guess, as we sang today. Give him that fresh fire of your spirit. Yeah, flood him, Jesus. Strength, life, yeah, grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Bless you. Happy birthday. Oh, oh I won't. I won't. <laughs> Judah. You know, I, I didn't type up a big word for you. I didn't want to embarrass you today and, and make you like the, the spectacle. But it is your birthday tomorrow. So why don't we just bless Judah? In fact, let's do it this way, just for the sake of time and, and movement. If you have a word you want to speak over Judah right now, why don't you come up here? And we're just going to, can we lay hands on you and just bless you on your birthday, on the, your day before, your birthday eve? Is that what we call that? Um, he could stay there. And if you have a word. I just, you know, I was thinking about you today, and I just, I mean, we know your name means praise, but I just feel like there's such, such a fire inside of you. Yeah, mom and dad are probably like, yeah, you know, corral that fire and direct it in the obedience. But I think there's something even deeper than that. There is like a, a God-given fire and passion inside of you. He is going to ignite that thing in the days ahead, in the days and the years ahead, and it is, it is key to where you are going in your life. In whatever career path you choose, he is going to ignite that fire and he's going he's gonna to blaze in you and through you with that fire. But we're, yeah, here you go. You know, Judah, um, your name does mean praise. Um, it's a little deeper than that. It's praise goes before, praise goes before the battle. What I see in you and have seen in you since I've been connected in this body, I just said it to your mom as I was passing by, is your willingness to step up when you're asked, your obedience in that, and you don't even hesitate. You're asked and you go. That's your heart for the Lord. Because when he asks, you're going to go. You don't want to go where he doesn't want you to go or do what he doesn't want you to do. 
that's your destiny, that you will be stepping out and doing those things, and it will be Judah praised before the battle. So I love your heart. And also, you're very mild-mannered and a little quiet, soft-spoken, but you have a roar in you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jeez, I almost knocked. I don't got it. She's getting whacked for you. And I just was hearing inheritance. Obviously, I see it in your family line, but you have an inheritance. Keep the inheritance that God has for you in your sight. The Word of God says in Proverbs that without prophetic vision, without a vision, the people wander astray, they lose focus, you know, they just throw off all restraints. There is a season of restraint on your life because you're a young man. And this is God's design that you would live under the restraints of your parents guiding you and shaping you. But you are like an arrow in the hand of God, and they are being faithful to the call to protect and to, to shape, to polish, to make ready you as an arrow. So the day is coming when they are going to pull back the bow, and they are going to release you, and you are going to go far. And the, the feeling of restraint will be lifted, but don't let that be the thing that, that makes you want to burst forward. It's not the desire to, re, to be free from, from the restraints of our parents. Their job is, is to be faithful to God. But that day is going to come, and you can keep the treasure ahead of you, the, the inheritance that God has for you in your vision, and you aim yourself right at that. And so when the day comes and they release you from that bow, you go like an arrow straight at the heart of what God has for you. Does that make any sense? I hope so. I was kind of confusing myself saying that, but... So we bless you, you little 13-year-old, right? 13? Man, wow. Awesome. Yeah. But you got to use this mic. So we can... His grandma's going to want to hear this probably. I know, I'm recording this. The Lord says that he has ordered your steps for good and not evil, for prosperity and not poverty, and that because of this, you will affect those around you greatly. And you are a strong man of God. And that because of this, um, you will find yourself before kings and before presidents. And he also says that if you have a question about where you should go, he says, just ask him and he'll give you the answer. Ironically, he said presidents. What I saw when I was just back there, just kind of praying over you, the quietness in you and the meekness in you is because the Lord is always stirring your mind and showing you forth his word. And his word goes deep inside of you, and the older you get, the more he's going to pour in, the deeper it's going to go. I was so impressed one day when I went like this, and you did not bat an eye when I wanted you to pray over an adult. You didn't hesitate. You didn't flounder. You didn't anything. You just whipped out the word of God, laid hands on that person, and got the job done. So when I was back there, I saw you as a young adult. I saw you in the, uh, the economic system. So I saw you in a business environment. I saw you seated at a table. Didn't see you dressed in a suit. 
I just saw you at this business table, lots of impressive people there. It was a lots of negotiations, elbow on the table, lots of people taking notes, blah, 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 blah. And all of this malarkey was going on in that room. And then very quietly, you said, just a minute. And what you brought forth was truth. You didn't say, thus saith the Lord, and quote a scripture, because you live out the scripture. And you just said, no, we're not going to do that because I want this to prevail because. And everybody just went, oh, yeah. You bring forth the soundness. You bring forth the word. But it's not in a preach capacity. It's in wisdom. It's in knowledge. And it's in application. And you will turn the course of a river in favor of what God wants. And the president at that board meeting is going to listen to you. God will use you as that instrument. Sweet. Welcome to Legacy City Church. This is just how we roll. So this is a family. We are a family. Uh, we don't want to you know, get into a rigid structure of you know, how things, but we do, we do love the word of God here too. And uh, in fact, the word of God is our plumb line. It is our, it is our everything. We need the word of God so that we know who we are believing in and what all of his promises are. But anyway, um, I just had a couple more little things here. Would it be okay to uh, just share a word for, for you and Haley? You don't have to come up front or anything like that, but um, I think it's pretty safe, so uh, I don't want to scare you. So Haley, I just felt like this is for you, and, and you can just soak it in right there with your little sister. This is what I felt, you know, as, as we're just worshiping, and, and I felt like God highlighted you. I mean, yeah, you're, you're visitors, so yeah, you were highlighted, obviously, but this is what I, I felt like he was putting on my heart for you. God says he designed you to be a bright, shining daughter in his kingdom. One who burns bright, like a, like a comet. I was thinking of Haley's comet. One who burns bright, leaving a trail of his glory and power as he fills you and as he busts out of your heart like a bright fire. He designed you. He knit you together in, in your mother's womb, the Bible says. He designed you. His design in you is multifaceted, designed that you could carry a unique array of his gifts and character in a way that no one else can. Just like your fingerprints are unique, so the way he designed you as a container of his treasure is unique. And I heard the scripture from Ephesians 3 verse 10. It says, his intent, God's intent, he's got a plan, is that now, through the church, that would be you as a believer, the manifold or many-folded, multifaceted wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Through the church, that's the key. It's through your life. So we just, we call that out. We bless you with that. You are unique and precious to God. And Daddy Mark... I just, you know, I, I, my mind was jogged to a scripture where Paul, this is what Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.11, 
Luke alone is with me. Get Mark. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me in my ministry. I just want to let that scripture settle on you for a second. I'm, I'm letting it settle on me at the same time. I felt like God said that you are so significant to what Father wants to do in our city and in your sphere of influence. You are significant. You are equipped and qualified, for he has qualified you in Jesus, whose life you are tucked away inside of. And he calls you son. He calls you son. And you have a place of significance at his table. For you are seated right now in this very moment with Christ in the heavenly places. Dual citizenship. And then I, the last part I had, son of his quiver like an arrow. I guess that bled over into what we had for Judah. But that was in worship. I, just, I, I saw you like an arrow. And I feel like he's telling you, this is not outside of the Bible. You are a son. And you are an arrow in his quiver. Son of his quiver like an arrow. So we just bless you with that. If you come back, you know, or you don't, at least we gave you a word before you. <laughs> and really, that's our desire as Legacy City Church, guys. We just want to encourage. We want to call out the treasure. I didn't even get a chance to meet you, so maybe if we get a chance later, we'll, we'll see if God's got a special, something that he just wants you to know before you walk out the doors. But, uh, yeah. You know, we've been on this little journey. Do you have anything? Not right now. Okay, we, we've been on this journey. Um, I've had two weeks where I haven't had a preach. It's been awesome. I loved it. I love just sit, kicking back and listening to, like, Teresa and Marilyn. And I, I felt like we, before uh, those two had taken two weeks in a row and, and brought something, we had been on this journey of establishing a biblical foundation of, of cultivating in our church a prophetic culture setting our church up to be a prophetic people. And basically all that means is a people that know how to hear the voice of God, listen and, and discern who, when God is speaking to you, and then not being afraid to take a risk in speaking those things out. And we've talked about you know, the, the way that should happen, that we should call out the goal that prophecy should be for edification and encouragement and exhortation. You know, we want to build people up because people don't need to be embarrassed and told what their sin is. It does not take a prophet to diagnose what people's mistakes and failures are. Okay? If you got a prophetic word like that for me, pull me aside, if, and I'll tell you if you're accurate or not. But, you know, we don't want to ever embarrass someone up in front of this place by, by calling out their sin. We want to call out what God is seeing and declaring over their life. And once a person knows how God sees them, all of that stuff that is getting in the way of that will be a conviction in their heart to drop off. So... Let's look at a foundation scripture here. This is what it really boils down to. No matter what your gifting is, no matter if you're trying to pray for healing for somebody or you're trying to lead someone to Jesus, you're evangelizing, you're giving a prophetic word or you have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or encouragement, this should be our foundation. So we're going to look at slides two through five. And this is from Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 to 20. 
Paul said, so I kneel, this is his prayer, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. I'll just pause real quick. This is the Passion Translation. And read it in the NIV. Read it in the English Standard Version. I just love to put the Passion Translation up here because it just kind of explodes it a little bit more with the, with the adjectives. The perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you revelation. He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root. Don't pass this up yet, Ethan. His love will become the very source and root of your life. Before we move on to the next parts of this, it is God's will that we would be so rooted in, in deeply grounded in his love. In his love. The next verse says, then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Most of you know it says how high and how wide and how deep and how long is the love of God for you in Christ. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. So you can't even wrap your mind around it. Don't even try. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. That was it for that, right? Okay, so you can, is there a blank one you can rest it on for a minute? So we all know the love chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's sandwiched right there in between those scriptures that talk about speaking in tongues and prophesying, all of the gifts of the Spirit. If, if we have not love, what are we? Just noise. Just a Take a symbol. I've heard symbols crashing. That little drummer boy over there, man, he knows how to pound those suckers. <clears throat> and if there was no purpose or no rhythm or no nothing behind it, it would just be noise. But when there's passion behind it and when there's focus, it's, it sounds like something that's, that's good, to my ears at least. I don't know about the neighbors. And it's the same with God. In his, you, when you step out and use the gifts, the gifts are like the form. And if they are not flooded with his heart, it's just noise. When we represent the Father by stepping out in faith on his behalf, and speaking something from his heart, a person should feel like they just got kissed by the father. He is jealous over his sons and daughters. He is jealous 
for those who have not yet come into his kingdom, that they would not see the church as a stumbling block of, of weirdness and misrepresentation that would make them want to run the opposite direction. And we all know, we've all been there, and we've probably participated in that unhealthy stuff. But it's God's heart that we represent him well. I believe that when you step out in his love, you, you catch his heart, you, you immerse yourself in the word of God, and as you, as you immerse yourself in the written word, you're also engaging with the author of the book. You're allowing Holy Spirit to come in and illuminate the truth, and you're placing your heart before him, and you're saying, Holy Spirit, flood me with love. Flood me with the heart of the Father. Give me your heart. Fill me with the fruit of the Spirit. I love how Teresa says, in our living room, I think, Teresa said that the fruit of the Spirit, it's not many different kinds of fruit. It's one fruit, but it has all of these wonderful flavors. It has love. It has joy. There's like peace, the shalom of heaven. There's patience, kindness, the goodness of God. I mean, it's just all of those things. And you have received not the Spirit who is from this world, but the Spirit that is from God that you might know him and that you might be led into all truth and that you might be infused with his very life and his nature. It's not just goosebumps. It's not just the kabod, the weight, which we all love it. I love the weight of his presence. When I get soused in the atmosphere of worship or when people are praying impartation, I love feeling drunk like that because I used to be a party animal. And I didn't get saved to give up all the fun to be a boring dry, lifeless Christian. No, I gave it all up for the one who I knew was the savior of the world and he opened my eyes to my need for him and he, he gave me hope that there was more to that Christian life than what I was previously believing. He had an adventure, has an adventure and he wants to just flood us with that supernatural adventure that he has for each one of us. You know, I forgot to set my timer on the phone. So let's just go with 15 minutes left. You guys okay with 15 minutes? Otherwise, I'm going to have to split this up into two. You probably don't care, though. Okay, see? (laughs) Okay, so it's our desire to establish a prophetic culture. If we're going to do that, then we have to prioritize prophetic ministry. I think we do a pretty good job of that in our gatherings, but I want to encourage all of us that as a priesthood of all believers, as kings and priests that the Bible says you are, now that you're in Christ, you are royalty, you are priestly, as kings and priests, the ministry that God has called you into was not meant to just stay here inside this building. I could tell you stories of being a mailman. Just this week, simple word, simple little risk. It wasn't even a risk. Coworker walking across the parking lot to her mail truck. I know she's taking care of her mom. And I heard God say, honorable, honorable. And who knows what she's been listening to. I could tell she's probably tired of taking care of her aging mother. I just stopped her before she took off in her truck. And I was like... I just want to share with you really quick. I'm hearing your creator saying over you that what you're doing for your mother is honorable. And she's like, well, thank you. And I 
was like, well, that's not just me. That is the chief above all chiefs telling you that he says what you're doing is honorable. I know that I watched that go in and settle on her. And the next time I saw her, there was like, she just remembered. There was like, not like she's running in the opposite direction. A simple word. I have way at the bottom of the notes here. I'm going to jump to the bottom. It's not on, on the screen. When you give a, pro, a prophetic word, when you give a word of it, you don't have to call it a prophetic word. I didn't go up to her and say, I have a prophetic word from the Lord. I didn't manifest weird things. I didn't twitch. I just, my heart, I was tapped into his love for her. And I knew that he wanted her to feel and hear his love and his heart for her. So, Prophetic words should be positive, okay? Now, if God has given you a negative word, you better pray that sucker out thoroughly and make sure you're actually supposed to speak it and not just pray for it. Because if you're an intercessor and you've been given a prophetic intercessory gifting, God may show you stuff in people's lives, not for you to go confront them and embarrass them, but to just intercede on their behalf and break that thing off. It may not even be them. It may be a spirit that's on them, a spirit of sexual immorality that you need to just pray off. Be positive. Look for treasure, not trash. Be brief and be kind. Be humble and be bold. You may have one word. You don't have to like drag them to a corner for 15 minutes describing how you saw it, and what, you know, all the, the things that brought it together. You might just need to just, a, a prophet, a prophetic man told me years ago when I was asking, you know, how do you prophesy? And he's like, well, you know, when God gives you that word, he gives you that little kernel, that seed. He said, just tuck it in and cover it. Just poke it in the soil and let it go. I feel like sometimes I've done it You probably feel like maybe you've done it too. When you get a word for someone, a word of encouragement, you might actually over-prophesy or over-do it with the description of it. I've done it. And then it almost kind of loses its effectiveness. But I know when I told her honorable, I could have just prayed and told her lots of stuff that I felt God, but that is all she needed. She needed her dignity Restored to know that, that what she's doing is honorable in God's eyes. Not man's eyes, but God's eyes. Not yet. Okay. She's interceding for me. She's like, God, help him get it done quick. <laughs> okay, so if, if we are going to prioritize the prophetic ministry, the ability to hear God and take steps of faith and and declare things, speak things to people that that you're trusting God is on, that he wants to strengthen and and shift something for somebody. It is important for us to make it a priority, to, to practice it, and also to get a good, healthy understanding. Let's look at slide number eight. Slide number eight. Oh, and by the way, um, just for you back there, Haley, with your little sister, Noise, we are not worried about like kids making noise. So dad, you too, just in case you're like, yeah, we have other kids that are here at times and and everybody makes noise. We just deal with it because this is, it's not noisy. Okay, well, well, I didn't feel like there was noise. I just, in case there's noise, I don't want you to cringe. 
Yeah, it is. It is actually. It's very chill. Cool. Okay. Okay. She's, yeah, she's reserving it when you want to take a nap. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Acclimate. Okay, so uh, slide number eight is Acts chapter 2, verses 16 to 17. I believe this is Peter standing up speaking about this phenomenon of what was going on. People speaking in tongues, acting like they're drunk, causing a big scene right in the middle of the city streets and people from all over the place coming to celebrate the Jewish holiday are hearing this wild thing taking place. And this is what Peter says about it. He says, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. When the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, you are a container of the Holy Spirit right now if you're a Christian. He wants to rise up and anoint you with his power. And when his power manifests on you in such a prominent way in your, in your reality, I guess is the best way, between your ears when your brain is like short-circuiting and like, um, I was going to wash dishes, but I'm just like, in your presence, Jesus, hello. Dishes can wait, right? <laughs> so, can la- so can laundry, right? No, I'm just... So can vacuuming, right, Ethan? No, I'm, just, I'm joking. But when Holy Spirit comes in and he just like shifts your mind and he shows up. He's already in you, but he just kind of, hello, I'm still here. And he, he wants in that atmosphere of your awareness of his presence, when he wells up and comes upon you like that, he wants to speak to you. If you feel the presence of God, I would encourage you in those moments, ask him questions. Say, Lord, what are you doing right now? Start with this. Father, what do you think of me? Let me know your thoughts. What do you think of me? What do you have to say about me? What do you have to say about my family? What do you think about my life? Which the direction I'm going? Just talk to him. Ask him questions. He wants to engage us. We were born for intimacy with Jesus, not dry, boring religion. Slide number nine. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 20. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Marilyn gave us a very good synopsis of things that can put out the fire, things that get in the way last week. So don't restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies. I don't think anyone in this church is scornful. Like, you just don't like the prophetic. If you do, you probably wouldn't be here, or you won't be here next time. So, I don't know. (laughs) So, don't be one who scorns prophecies. Take this one home with you. (laughs) I'm teasing. (laughs) But be faithful. Be faithful to examine them. See, we, we give a prophetic word. We need to examine it and put them to the test And then afterward, hold tightly to what has been proven to be right. In other words, as Jim Christensen would say, 
Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. When we did prophetic training at our house, those eight weeks, some of you in the room were there. Chris Ballatin said, we want to encourage prophecy. So we've learned in our environment to take prophetic words and just be quick to flush stuff. Not every word people give you is, is spot on. You need, we need to learn how to be okay with that. We don't want to start despising it because people are off. I've heard lots of people be off in their prophetic. Not in here, but. But we have to be okay with people being off because people need to be, feel safe to step out and risk. And if we, they don't feel safe to step out and risk, they're just kind of squelching what God's given them. We've had a lot of prophetic words that were like, mm, I'll set that up here. And some you just flush and... Some, you're like, yeah, like that really speaks to you. So you just have to flush it, move on, and just allow freedom for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't, everyone, we're all like children in training learning how to walk. You don't want to watch a child fall down and say, you're never going to walk. Look at you. You're a failure. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. We want to encourage people to keep practicing. You're, you're doing good. You're taking risks. Might be a little bit wonky, but that's okay. We want to encourage it. And then when people do get something a little off, it's okay. If someone new comes in here and we, we give permission for them to come up on the microphone and it's a little bit off, we can deal with that. And I can correct and help adjust. We don't need to embarrass them in front of everybody and say, wow, that's not how we do prophetic ministry in this church. So you shall never do it again at this spot. No. Galen, our spiritual dad down in McMinnville, Oregon, Galen said that there was a woman in his church who was new who had a prophetic gift. And she came in and she began to just feel the spirit rise on her. And she directed the word at people with pointing the finger. And it was so intense that he watched the people getting the word like cringe. They closed off. He said, she's allowed once, maybe twice, then after that, he is gonna he's gonna have a talk with her. There's grace on that. We don't need to be so afraid of a mistake. Bill Johnson takes the proverb. Uh, there's a message that he preached years ago called "There are no poopless cows." And the scripture that he got that that basis for that message was when the stables are clean, or when the stables are orderly. There's no power, basically. There's no increase. But increase comes from the strength of the ox. So basically, if we're going to have nice, clean, tidy, straight, perfect, clean stables, we're not going to have increase. We're not going to experience it. God is messy. He does not want us to try to fine-tune and tweak every little thing and make represent him as some uptight perfectionist. Now, he doesn't want us just to make messes everywhere we go either, but he doesn't want us to be afraid of allowing messes and then cleaning them up. We can, mess, we can deal with the, the stuff. Okay, two minutes left. So we've got another time, not time for another scripture. I love the Bible. Slide number 10. So the last one is we should desire prophecy. Slide 10 is 1 Corinthians 14. I just cherry-picked three parts of this, one through five. We skipped the, uh, the even verses and we stuck with the odd ones. You can read through it on your own and then you'll know why. Just to get to the point, 
It is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. This is a good thing that we want this. At least Paul said that we're, we're on the right track. When someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up and to bring them comfort. To encourage, build up, and comfort. I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Greater gain comes through the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there's an interpretation. I haven't seen that in a while in a church. Should we start that thing up? <laughs> Stand up if you have a word of tongues. It would be cool. I wouldn't be comfortable. I'm not comfortable speaking in tongues in front of a whole group of people. I could, but yeah, unless there is interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. We want the church, God wants the church to be built up, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, because we all go through a battle during the week when we're not in tight-knit community like right now. When we come together as the huddle, this is our time to strengthen, to cheer each other on, to impart life and strength. And, you know, the weaker parts and the stronger parts, we can all come together and just see the whole body come together and, and get strong. And then, not that we're called to be isolated throughout the week, but when we're not in the, the bonfire of the gathering and we go out, we're like a blazing torch. We are lit and we are not going to be easily struck down. And we have each other throughout that week to communicate to as well, of course. But God knows that this is important, what we do in these meetings. If we just left everyone here hanging on the edge of a, of a angry God, what's that message by the guy, an angry God? Sinners in the hand of an angry God. Apparently he got a lot of people saved when he did that message, but he did leave them all hanging and they came back. They wanted to know what to do to be saved. If that's what God was doing, then that's what God was doing. But in my heart, in what we're doing in our gatherings, unless he gives me clear direction, I know that we need to encourage and strengthen one another, and we need to communicate his heart. Okay, so now we are in some negative seconds here, and I just got to make sure there's nothing very important. I'm going to read just really, we're going to end with this. And I swear we are ending with this because I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm basically going to plagiarize for a minute, but it's, it's godly. It's good. Um, we're going to just look at something from the, the prophetic manual. Well, it's not the prophetic manual. It was the schooling manual that Tammy and I uh, have still from when we did leadership development programs one and two through Bethel. And on the subject of the prophetic just I've pulled a few snippets out of it. Let me try to figure out which slides they are. Ah, right here. Slides 11 through 14. I'm going to read this, and we're going to wrap it up with this. God is speaking to us all the time. As Christians, it is our privilege and honor to seek out what it is he is saying. It doesn't take a prophetic gift to see people sin and hurts. It does, however, take a prophetic gift to see people the way God sees them and call out that greatness. The first step to understanding and seeing a prophetic culture emerge is to understand your own role and responsibility as a believer who has access to the Father's heart and to his good gifts, especially prophecy. The goal of the gift of prophecy is to bring out the best in people, 
We are to mine the gold that is within the dirt and find hidden treasures in people's lives. Prophecy brings people into a revelation of the glory that God has assigned to them. This exposure brings conviction in their lives that they are living below the glorious standard that God has set for them. The goal of all prophetic ministry is to draw you and me, draw us deeper into deeper relationship with Jesus and his body. The Lord is more determined and excited to speak to us than we are to hear from him. Think about that. His thoughts towards us outnumber the sands of the seashore. We must realize God is always speaking. If we can grasp this revelation and realize that most of us don't really know how well we see and hear God, we can begin to tune our receivers to his station. Is that the last part of that? That was 14. Oh, and yeah, slide 14 from Steve Thompson's book. This was a book that we were encouraged to read. You may all prophesy. The Lord speaks in many ways. And maybe in the days ahead, we can unpack this a little bit. Maybe we'll have to just do another prophetic training time and, and do some activation. But I would encourage you to lay hands on yourself or pray over your parts, that you would offer your parts of who you are to God as an instrument of righteousness. Your eyes, your ears, your sense of smell, your taste, all of your perception abilities, that you would offer everything you are in your unique gifting and, and created way to God to be used by him as an instrument of his righteousness. The Lord speaks in many ways. He uses audible voice. I don't know if I've ever had that happen. The written word, of course, dreams, visions, angelic visitations, impressions, spiritual senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch, taste, and other forms of revelation. Maybe in weeks ahead, we'll have some testimonies of some really unique ways God spoke to you. I've never had my sense of smell be spoken to by God. I did not smell an evil stench in the atmosphere. I mean, I've smelled pretty horrible things in places, but not in a spiritual sense. But I've heard people say, yeah, there was this angelic presence. I smelled something I've never smelled before, fragrance that was coming from heaven. It's interesting. I think it's awesome. I think God can speak to us in so many different ways. So why don't you guys stand up? I'm going to just say this over us. <laughs> many people are waiting for some irresistible urge to use their spiritual gifts. I just want to encourage you today. Don't wait for an irresistible urge to use your spiritual gifts exercise them, work out. I know none of us like the gym. I don't even work out. But this is the stuff I want to work out on. God is not looking for robotic followers who have no choice but to obey his commands. God has always been looking for family, friends, and partners. He wants to co-labor with you. He wants to walk in partnership with you. He wants to awaken you to the reality that he's with you, he's in you, and his thoughts towards you are of great magnitude. They are always on, always going at you. 
The supernatural is always God's super and your natural. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have chosen each one of us in this room to be vessels of your honor and vessels of your glory, that we would be carriers of the treasure of heaven. As your word says, we have this treasure in these jars of clay, these earthen vessels, and this treasure is from God and it's not from us. We thank you, Lord, that you have entrusted humans. Wow. You have entrusted us, human beings, that you have redeemed out of the earth and brought into your kingdom. And you have sealed us and anointed us and infused us with Holy Spirit power. And now we are no longer who we used to be, but we are now new creations, new creatures hidden in Christ. We are amazed at that truth, Lord. We are amazed that you would call us no longer servants, but sons and daughters. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we are your children. We thank you that we can come to you through Jesus and say, Father, Daddy God, Abba, we love you. And we do that now. We just reach up our hands to you and we just say, Father, we love you. Thank you for picking us up. Thank you for surrounding us with your grace and your love. Thank you for speaking into our hearts over and over from the day we were born, even in this very moment until now. You've been speaking your life and your hope and promises over each one of us because you know the plans you have for us, plans for hope and a future. And we thank you that you take the broken places and you make them whole. You heal the broken places. And today we welcome in your healing power. We welcome you to come in and raise up the low places and bring down the high places. That there would be a smooth, straight road for us to walk on as we hold hands with you in this journey. God, we partner with you and we just receive your grace to walk with you. We just break off today that lie that we have done something that has severed our relationship with you, that has distanced us from you. We just come against that now. We break that off now in Jesus' name. We say the blood of Jesus has bridged our hearts and given us direct access to the Father by the Spirit in this moment right now. We thank you that we are now standing in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus, seated with him. Thank you, Jesus, that you have called us to rule and reign in life through you. We just lift up our eyes. We lift up our perspective to the place where we truly are right now. And we just choose today to walk in that place, that we walk forward with that heavenly mindset in Jesus' name.